0: Welcome to the Gridiron Crew podcast, the American football podcast made in Scotland by NFL lovers. This is the Super Bowl preview crew, and I'm your host, Keith McGinty. We are a few days away from Super Bowl 58. The teams are in Vegas preparing for the biggest game of their lives, and everything is going perfectly, apart from the training pitch being just okay to train on. But it's through such adversity champions are made. This is our second preview. Where we will head to the East Coast to look at the San Francisco 49ers. And to do the so,
1: West I Coast, have some of the, f- the
0: West Coast. I've typed it. There we go. We're <laughs> off to a bad start already. Off to the <laughs> West Coast. <I> <coughs> on the West Coast to Scotland. Off to the West Coast to see the Fran- San Francisco 49ers. And to do so, I've got some of the finest 49ers fans to help me. You have these dulcet tones there.
1: First up, we have Eric. Eric, how are we, bud? Yeah, thanks so much for having me back on. I was here a couple of weeks ago, nervously anticipating the Lions game uh, in the preview. So I'm happy to come back, because obviously that means we did well, but just about. And that was was just an absolute breeze for you guys as well, the Lions game, wasn't it? (laughs) It didn't feel that way. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, all is well that ends well, and I think we got there in the end. Fantastic. And,
0: um, Eric, you're from the 49ers Faithful UK, and you've brought one of your your colleagues along with you. Wayne is joining us as well from the 49ers Faithful UK. Wayne, welcome to the Gridiron crew.
2: Thanks for having me. Glad to uh, come
0: it, along. We've got to bring up, you've got a wee bit of bling on um, for those who are listening to the fresh, podcast. He's got a, a massive, fresh, massive, fresh massive chain. Oh, nice, nice. Uh, retro style, we bit of hip, hip-hop going on there. Run CMC, lovely, lovely. And <clears them. throat> was, that, was that a one-of-a-kind? Uh,
2: it's, it's one of five currently, um, with the potential <laughs> to have more in production. Uh, a friend of mine works in a sign shop, and um, he's, mm. he's made me some production models Fantastic. to see how they go for the weekend.
0: Superb and you're allowing us to give one away on the podcast. That's awful nice of you.
3: <laughs>
0: um, we are also joined by Craig from the Glasgow Tigers. Um, Craig, welcome to the Gridiron crew. Thanks for having me. Um, guys, desperate to, to find out your your story, how you got into the, the 49ers to, to start with. So tonight we're going to hear from yourselves how you got into the Forty. 40- we're going to have a wee look at uh, our kickoff question but then really dive into the team how the season's been for you guys what you've thought of it was there your feelings throughout the season did it always feel like this was going to be a super bowl run season and what your predictions are going to be for the game on sunday evening Um craig i'm going to come to you first how did you find yourself a uh, getting into american football in the first place and and, and also being a 49ers fan
3: uh, yeah so it started playing for me um went to Edinburgh university and started playing uh uniball there and from there it was trying to figure out right okay what sort of association have i got here um who, which team am i going to choose um start spoke about it a family and realized my dad. Vaguely follow the 49ers back in the 80s, as you imagine. Mm -hmm. Um, Mostly because we've got family that moved out to California. Um, So my grand sister way back Um, and a whole other side of the family out there. Um, Turns out that they're all Raiders fans. Um, But hey, the the intention (laughs) was right. (laughs) And I'm glad my dad made that mistake.
0: Well, the good thing about it then is, uh, you'll be able to get one up over them because you're in the Raider Stadium, and my, are you enjoying it? And so are the the Chiefs as well, um, this week, of course, you being from the East Coast, that's why you chose the 49ers, Of course, that's that, is that right, Eric? Aye. Yes, yeah,
3: of course, it's just natural. View. East Coast <laughs> <team>. <laughs> I
0: do not mess that up. My East and West to start with. Guys, I'm 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 just hyped and buzzing for this. I'm looking forward to, to this. Eric, you told us briefly how you became a 49ers. Could you remind the, the, the listeners and viewers?
1: Yeah, I I was one of these people that was uh, from a young age, I'd watch a Super Bowl every year and I didn't really have a team, but my my late father I think watched them in the eighties and nineties. So he told me, you know, if you're gonna follow a team, there's only one team to follow and it's the 49ers so when I started following a bit more seriously, sort of 07, 08, probably when I started watching the regular season on a regular basis, yeah. then became the to 49ers. Unfortunately, they were not very good at the time, but that obviously <laughs> didn't put me off and having a much better time uh, these last couple of years.
0: It's nice that there's the, the, the passing down from father to son there. Unfortunately, it didn't quite work for me being a Seahawks fan. As you'll notice for those who are watching, um, Over my my shoulder here is my son's McCaffrey top. I I made a bet with him. If we finished his homework before I came on the podcast, he could get to decorate the background for me, which he duly obliged for the first time. So, yeah, there we go. We've got a 49ers room here. Um, Wayne, what about yourself? How did you get into the the 49ers and how long you've been following them?
2: Um, By accident, really. Um, In high school, back in 83, uh, art class... One of the lads came in with a magazine and he had some little metal t-shirts key rings on them and he said i've chosen mine pick one and i grabbed the 49ers and i've nice. followed them ever since we used to muck around playing throwing the football in the in the yard and uh, yeah just got into it really enjoyed it um couldn't really access the football back then that easy it was you know channel four if you were lucky um yep. and whatever they decided they were showing um so and, and if the parents would let you watch it. So I became more of a fan in the in the in the in the mid nineties when I had more control over myself.
0: <laughs> um, I liked the it was the nineties myself, I remember on channel four and was it Saturday, Sunday mornings we would see like the the shows, um the magazine shows about the, the NFL always great to watch and sometimes we'd have the, the games on as well on the channel, terrific. It was just a, a, a great way to introduce people into the the sport brilliant guys right let's get let's get started then let's get our kickoff question underway so i had put a message into you guys earlier on in the day thinking about the halftime that's coming up this sunday and if you could be the booking committee get any band artist that you wanted Mm -hmm. for your super bowl who would you have went for and and why so eric i think we were pretty unanimous
1: between us in the the group chat but who would you have for yourself about i picked a different one um just because we there there was a bit of unanimous in the group chat so if i was the booking agent i would go for obviously the san francisco native metallica i think that would be great nice Uh, get some absolute tunes going and being from san francisco they would be cheering on the niners hopefully if we were in the Super Bowl, so yeah, Metallica for me. I grew up uh, Metallica fan in the '90s, and um, obviously listened to all their stuff from even earlier. And have been seen them live a bunch of times. And yeah, they'd put on a, a bit of a show.
0: Enter Sandman is just a fantastic way to to get the crowd going, isn't it? Which uh, which college team is it that comes out to that?
1: Is it Virginia, Virginia Tech? Is it? Yeah, I think it is. I think yeah. right. just they do Enter Sandman. It looks crazy. like it's bouncing. So I think a bit of yeah. um For Whom the Bells tolls and and then a bit of Anta Sandman, I think that'd get the crowd going. They can obviously have some guests and stuff as well, potentially, but I think they you know solid performer's been around for forever. So that'd be my choice.
0: Amazing. Craig, what about your yourself? Who did you go for?
1: I must say it comes to halftime
3: shows. I'm I'm just happy to get to the bar and breathe for a minute. Never mind when the <laughs> 49ers are playing. So oh, listen, I mean be nice to have a Scottish representation, something like the Proclaimers, just something totally all out right. there. But, I mean, let's be honest, we're we're all just happy to finally get a break and start talking about what we're seeing. Well,
1: what about Biffy Clara? <laughs> Biffy Clara would be good. <laughs> they got some anthems.
0: I can see you're, you're, you're... Listen, we're needing a wee bit of medley, just go all around. But bit of in there as well. Maybe not Sandy Tom, but I think we could do we could do quite good. Get a bit of Travis up, and there, keep the a wee sing along for the the crowd. There, that'd be good. The bit of Scottish representation, I appreciate that. Craig. Yeah, I'm with you in that one. That sounds good. Wayne, what about yourself? Who would you go for?
2: Well, I say we um we had that chat in the, in the group chat, and it was pretty unanimous. And uh, <clears throat> I'll let you take that one when when it comes to your turn. Um, but uh, having thought about it. And I looked at it, I thought, hmm, I had a good look at the list of who's actually already performed. Um, and I thought, who would fit in nicely? Who who haven't they done? And I thought Guns N' Roses, Nirvana, um, mm-hmm. Foo Fighters, they'd all rock it. They'd absolutely tear the place down.
0: Absolutely. Um, Guns N' Roses, I think they were headlining quite a few of the festivals last year. And they put on some show um, for, even though Axel's looking like, his age, um, Oh, Slash was just incredible. So I think that would be a be a great shout. I get. It. I think we're we're all of the guitar-oriented um, um, music here. I think that'd be good, good. Go for a good rocking type halftime show. Um, the other the one that we had brought energy.
2: up. Pardon? It's all about the energy that they give. These, you know, yeah. everyone we've mentioned, they all bring something to the stage. There's been too many wet farts over the <laughs> over the previous years.
0: Maroon five. Uh, yeah, let's uh, let's get that out. Um magnificent. Um I've got to say the one I did enjoy was it the the Rams um Super Bowl was the Dr. Dre and Eminem, Snoop Dogg and all that. That was great. That, say- cool. oh. yeah, that was, great. I was yeah. that was that was class. I loved the uh, I loved that, that was pretty good. But um, unanimously in the, the group chat, I think we would all say the first one that popped to mind would have been Queen. Um, I looked up something maybe like late. He's after we'd had the the theme tune to High, Highlander. I thought that would have been quite good to get the stuff like that involved in their their set list. I thought they would have been class then. So, nineteen eighty nine, I looked at to see Super Bowl twenty three, I think it was, and then and they they had it was a tribute act that was like Elvis type music, but it wasn't, and it was that might be three D it sounds absolutely Bebop and there we go Bebop and boozled aye aye I think Freddie and the boys True. would have done a, a magnificent <laughs> job of listening lifting the crowd energizing everybody there I, I would have been the I would have been the winner there. Thank you very much. Um so listeners anybody who's watching along just now you can send your comments in. We've got Groovy, who's uh, watching along on YouTube, who's just mentioned that it was Virginia Tech. Amazing scenes, he says. There um, for the Inter Sandman. Oh, it's, it's, it's special. I'd love to be part of that some um, if you have any suggestions of your own, you can get us on Twitter or X at Grid Iron Crew. That's Iron I R N C R U. Uh, get everywhere: Instagram, Facebook, and. Um, Twitter, X, threads, gets everywhere, gets everywhere. So let's hear your suggestions. We'd love to to read them and, and share them on online. Okay, guys, let's move on then. So we're here to get down to business, just like your guys are. But let's take it back to just over a year ago. Um, your team was in the the championship game, and everything had actually started to to come together. Mister Irrelevant was making a run for the Super Bowl.
1: But then it all went wrong eric what happened <laughs> well we we had one of our um, backup tight ends decide to try and block hassan reddick on a play and uh it ended up with brock purdy tearing the ligament in his elbow and he then couldn't couldn't throw the ball and then our backup quarterback josh johnson at the time got knocked out with a concussion so he was out of the game so we played three quarters against the eagles with no quarterback and uh yeah, it's it's quite a key position in American football. I don't know if you know. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, it was it was really painful A-M-T-T. to watch. We we really but thought we had a, had a good in. chance.
0: So I didn't just broke him back in though, even though he he'd absolutely mashed. He his came back
1: ball. in, but all he could do was hand the ball off to McCaffrey. So he couldn't actually throw the ball because his his ligaments were completely shot. So it was really painful to watch. We we thought we had a really good run from Purdy came in you know he was unbeaten at the time he'd won every game and we thought we were a shoe in and we thought we had a really good chance against the Eagles but obviously without a quarterback that can throw the ball it's not very easy and uh it was absolutely heartbreaking um but yeah such is life sometimes
0: he'd even beaten the great Tom Brady in um, and, and one of his, his
1: initial games, am I right His first full start, yeah. His first full yeah, start was being Tom Brady by, by a long shot. And Tom Brady, I think, had 100 tickets for his friends and family because he's from the Bay Area. And um, Rob Purdy played really well that day. And from then, it was just, he just rode the wave. And we, we thought we'd go all the way. And uh, unfortunately, it wasn't to be. Craig,
0: did you think it was a, a, a real big missed opportunity? Or did you always have faith that you thought that the team... We're starting to assemble. Um, Brian we're talking about the the 49ers um on the Chiefs preview that we did that was released on Tuesday. It, it calls you guys the Avengers. Um did you could you see Avengers 2 coming back this year?
3: It's tough. It's tough. You never know who's coming back. Um with the way the cap is set up. You you knew the core of the team's gonna be there, but I still didn't think personally, still didn't know who. Purdy really was. Still didn't have that trust going at those games. I mean, Eric seems to have had a bit more faith in me um, going back to last year but it still took me a while to figure that out. Um, I think going into the off-season, I was still thinking you know, it's going to come back to Trey Lance, um, which is a hilarious statement to say a year on from then, but um, I think we came out of that and I thought, right, well, the team's good. Now we just need to figure out this quarterback thing. Turns out we had it. <laughs>
0: Absolutely. Kyle Shanahan has actually said pretty early on uh, early on last year that he, yeah. he felt that um, Brock Purdy was going to be their best quarterback at the club there and but he, he said he didn't want to force it. He thought it would let it happen organically. Um, was that the right thing to do for you Craig?
3: Well I mean he had a great way of showing it by trying to get Philip Rivers off the couch within <laughs> um, <laughs> <leading laughs> the playoffs but uh, I mean, certainly it's worked out. I think that there's a lot to be said. You know, look at Mahomes on the other side. I mean, sitting for that year, the difference it's going to make. And I don't think, I mean, God, for everything that we'd been through the previous year or two with that quarterback position post the last Chiefs Super Bowl, um, with trading all those picks for Trey Lance, keeping Jimmy G, if we then went into that season and... Shanahan stood up before that first game and said, "Your starting quarterback is going to be Brock Purdy." I think there would have been a few absolute meltdowns, and rightly so. <laughs> um, Wayne, what did you make of um,
0: Trey Lance? It didn't quite get the, the the real chance that you thought it was going to. He had been. Where, did, where was it you drafted them again? Um, twenty twenty
2: one was he. Yes, yeah. I think Quite high the Maritans, yeah. Did you guys um, trade up to get him? Yeah, we traded up to get him um, Pretty much mortgaged the house And then I mortgaged my house To buy a signed <laughs> Trey Lance helmet um, Three weeks <laughs> before he was traded to the Cowboys <laughs> that's, what, that's what I was just going to say We're
0: going to look at the, the off-season acquisitions and losses Bill, Was that a bit of a surprise That such a high-profile team as the Cowboys Were willing to, to take a, a shot on him?
2: I don't. Know, I think he has. He still has the potential. I mean, I've. I. I can't say I've sat and watched every Cowboys game, or even considered watching the highlights this year, but I've not seen anything of him playing this year, and I think that's wasted, especially given how <clears throat> good Dak is. Yeah. And what was
0: your expectations for the team going into the the pre-season, Uh Well, sorry. Before we get to that, how did you feel you did with the in the draft? Um, was there any glaring areas that you felt that the the team really had to address and how do you think that they actually did in the draft? I
2: I think we were a a solid team last year and I felt confident coming back. But obviously with the people that we had to let go because of the money, um, we needed to replace those positions. Um, All but one of our draft picks is still active on the roster. Mm Mm-hmm so um you know and only one of those is really not showing him showing or has proven to live up to what he could be um the rest of them are still playing and, and some of them are playing very well so i don't really feel that we did bad in the draft um given that we didn't have much to play with this year eric who's been your your favorite players from the the draft that you've you've
0: picked up who who are the ones that you can see actually have a real future with the team
1: yeah I mean we had um we only had our first pick in the draft was in the third round <laughs> so it wasn't it wasn't easy we had uh, three third round picks and uh the the first pick that we made in the draft was Jay Brown a safety and when Hufanga went out injured earlier in the season Jaya Brown came in and he's had some good ba- some good games and some bad games um mm-hmm. but he played a bunch of snaps last weekend and looked solid so I think Jaya Brown is the one who's had the biggest sort of impact short term, but I think mm-hmm. long term we have some others. We have D. Winters as a linebacker who might be able to, um, might be able to make make the squad and make an impact a bit further down the line. We have a history of drafting linebackers and then bringing them through the system, um, but we'll we'll see how it goes. I think the the biggest things we did off season was really in free agency. We, we had a really good free agency where we. Um, bolstered the D line, bolstered the O line, um, a bunch of players, and that was that was the thing that really made the difference, I think, for us this year, rather than the draft.
0: Who were some of the the players that you brought in? Then, Craig, can you can you recall some of the the main ones that came in to help as Eric said, bolster the squad?
3: Um, for for across most of the season, I mean, I think we've not had any major contributors unless i'm missing something completely glaring i think the biggest thing has just been seeing some of the offensive line players step up Um, i mean yeah. i think that most of the offensive line outside the trent williams you don't expect a lot from that was when you go back to the draft that was a big surprise for me not addressing right tackle in the draft mm-hmm. or free agency um and it's it's broadly paid off aaron banks has turned into a a much better left guard and I think a lot of people had maybe anticipated not really fitting the scheme and for a lot of other things that will probably come into later I think the scheme's changed and you can see that, that Shanahan's probably seen a little bit of how that evolution was going to come to, to fit some of that.
0: So, um, Eric, I'm going to come back to you for the, just the start of the, the season. Um, how yeah. are you feeling? What was your your anticipation for this forthcoming season? Had you seen enough in the 2022 season that suggested that this team were, were, were starting to, to cook. They were they were really going somewhere.
1: Yeah, I think Craig touched on it earlier. I might have had a lot more optimism than some other fans, but I, I really thought that we had a, a, a really solid team, and I thought that we were only one or two key players away from really making it and going the whole way. And actually... For me, as soon as like we saw Purdy play last year and go on that run, it was always obvious he was going to be the starting quarterback going forward. There's no way you could drop him after the way he played. However, he did have that injury to come back from. So for me, it was all about if Purdy is is fully recovered and his arm strength isn't affected and all that stuff, then I think we could hit the ground running and and, and really make a run of it. And I think that kind of showed. That's sort of how it played out. We we started the season really well.
0: You did indeed. What about yourself, Wayne? Were you quite optimistic for the, the, the year ahead? And Let's discuss then the, the first five games of the season because, um, as Eric said, you, you guys really got off to a flyer.
2: Yeah, I mean, it, there was I was full of confidence at the, the, the beginning of the season and so pumped to have a London meet-up, um, which was week six, and that's the week yep. it all fell apart. <laughs> um but it didn't it, what we we thought it was going to fall apart badly from there but obviously it was just a little blip and we managed to pick mm-hmm. it back up but um i just the way they were playing i couldn't see us stopping and and it was injuries that stopped us I, I you know strongly we we lost against the browns because of injuries not because they were the better team
0: Okay, game um, just go through the, the the first couple of results of the season so week 1 um, you're at Pittsburgh, one thirty to seven. Um, you're then again away to the LA Rams, thirty to twenty-three, scoring lots of points early doors. Um, for three weeks in a row, he scored thirty points, and this time it was uh, in Santa Clara to the against the New York Giants. Um, week thirty-five, uh, sorry, week four was thirty-five points to sixteen against the Arizona Cardinals. So everybody was kind of expecting to be a, a, an absolute. And dumpster fire this year but were actually quite plucky very early on especially they, they put up a real good show they showed that they weren't just there to, to aim for that number one draft pick they were there to actually put a bit of fight in but it was week 5 where I think people were starting to really really anticipate that this team was going to do some, something special when they beat the, the pretenders to the throne every year I suppose the Dallas Cowboys 42-10 but then it fell apart um, at Cleveland, at the Minnesota, and versus the the Bengals, who were without Joe Burrow by that point. Um, three defeats on the top, but they were all quite close games, apart from the Cincinnati one. There was a two-scored game in that. What was it that went wrong with the team?
3: I think looking back, I think a lot's been made of. Debo and Trent both been missing, um, and there's, there's obviously no doubt they're both explosive players, particularly in the run game. Particularly the way that we would played the first five games, um, getting getting ahead and keeping that run game going, I think that made it difficult. I think there's an emotional aspect to it as well. The the Cowboys game there was so much build up to. Uh, I mean, the national media were making that out like the the NFC Championship game to be, um, so coming out of that there was almost a bit of surprise and i think there probably naturally would have been a bit of arrogance going into the next three games i mean i had a conversation with someone before the cowboys game saying i think at that point we'd had about 17 regular season games on the trot a full full regular season's worth of games won every game and i'm saying i just want to fast forward to the playoffs it's this regular season football's getting boring. Um and we were looking ahead. <laughs> oh, well, you those next three games are pretty comfortable. Can't see dropping anything there. Where's it all going to go wrong? And that weekend it just falls apart. And that I think that confidence that I had was was potentially resembled um over there in Santa Clara. And and I think that's that false confidence what led to it, to be honest, more so than potentially those missing players, even. Eric, did the buy
1: come at the right time for your guys? Yeah, for sure. I think those three weeks shocked us a bit. <clears throat> Obviously, I, th- I think Craig's spot on. But there was a bit of kind of complacency. I think that might have crept in, and then we had the injuries. So the bye week really allowed us a big reset. And actually, off the back of the bye week, we were traveling to Jacksonville, which is not an easy game. Trevor Lawrence playing quite well. Mm-hmm. Um, so playing playing Jacksonville was was quite a tough one. And then following on from that, we had the, the Buccaneers at home, which is a game that our group traveled to so the 49 FA4 UK we traveled 40 of us went across including Wayne and myself and so that was the one that we were really waiting for after that bye week we were just counting down the minutes and the, and the hours to, to get across to to Levi's to follow the team in person and um we got the right result it was a fantastic weekend and yeah it was just uh brilliant to be there with 39 other UK fans kind of cheering the team on from the gold mine section so yeah it's great great memories amazing. that will stay with me forever amazing amazing is
0: there plans to go back
1: to any more games next season uh we don't know I think we'd like to do it again but obviously it's dependent on the team and the the, the group I think we represented really well when we were over there we were in mm-hmm. they have a, a section in the stadium called the gold mine which is like the the fan engagement section where you start all the chanting and everything like that yeah. so they they gave us tickets in that section and we we had the whole section to ourselves so 40 wow. seats in that and um i think we we did quite well i don't know wayne what do you reckon
2: we we did a decent job didn't we i did hear someone say we were one of the best they've ever had so i think that bodes well for an invite back at some point in the future uh, it will be nice to see lee and paul go back out there and then take 38 other different people with them um but uh i'll I'll never say no if i can if the money's around (laughs) and of course i'm taking my camera as well like i did last time so that was a nice little (laughs) perk i I managed to get my camera in the the stadium a proper camera not just a little yeah not point and shoot so
1: but it's um proper testament keith to the the work that the the group so mainly Lee Gowland, the president paul hope the vice president a bunch of the other admins the 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 work that they've put in across a number of years now where they built this relationship with the team which then opened up the opportunity for us to to go across i think lee you know spent countless of hours on kind of organizing this trip he said at the start of the season here's the plan here's what i want to do and you know i think we we weren't expecting to fill the full 40 because traveling across to to Santa Clara is quite the commitment but actually we filled the 40 and we actually had a couple of more fans in other parts of the stadium that came for the trip and didn't go in the section but they still joined the trip and it was fantastic yeah if we get the chance to do it again we we just have to because it was like I said uh, I've been to three games now at Levi's and that one will be the one that sticks out for me because of being with all my pals basically
0: uh, that's absolutely classmate I'd, I'd love to go i think i, I like that the the gold main section that i think that's something that is maybe lacking in the nfl that we do here with our FIPA, as we call it here um i think that's the se- standing the singing sections that we have here in scotland and the uk games and the songs that we come up with uh, that you guys all steal from us up here in scotland uh I think that's maybe what's missing from the American game. They're needing some good chance. Got to be able to get a decent uh, CMC song going somewhere or something for George Kittle. Yeah, which uh, would be quiet on offense, right?
1: That's the only that's the only challenge with the song. Should have to sing it in the break or make up some songs about Nick Bowser, and I'm sure we could. <laughs>
0: <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Um, Wayne, after the the bye, as we said, your team just became a bit of a juggernaut. Um, six wins in the trot there putting up massive scores and well on teams like he went to he went to philadelphia and won 42 19 um they did um kind of exercise the demons of the the championship game um, from the pre- previous year with that one uh, i can see a couple of easy ones against the, the seahawks there Um to be yeah. fair, we did get uh, we did do better than the second game. We got 13 points in the first, and we managed to get 16 in the second. Listen, that'll change. Your 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 time's your time will come, guys. Um but everything seemed to be going again. Um the the team were just flowing completely. Christian McCaffrey was was breaking records with um the number of touchdowns that he was getting, and the guy was just unreal. How what did you make of, of his performance throughout the season?
2: He's an absolute monster. Um, I can't believe it took me so long to buy his shirt, to be honest. Probably because I had a a backlog of shirts coming from different places around the world with different numbers on, and I had to justify buying yet another one. Um, There's two more on the way. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, yeah, I mean, he, I I think single-handedly, other than Brock Purdy, he has changed our game this year. Um, You know, I've... Without him, we're not nothing, but with him, we are a force that is to be reckoned with. And I think, you know, like you said, the, the Philadelphia game, I was surprised by the numbers we run up on them. I knew we wanted that win, you know, just as almost revenge as like for last year. Um, but to, to get those kind of numbers was was amazing. It was just, it really just proved that, you know, nothing's going to stop us. Because you know, at that point in the season, we were we were healthy again. Um, other than Hufanga um, mm-hmm. you know, he was the only player missing really um, and I never expected to win against Baltimore at Christmas um, I'd, I'd had that one marked on my card for a while that that was going to be a loss I knew I just knew it would be um, but I had full confidence in the rest of the games and yeah it's, it's panned out that way
0: Why was your, your faithfulness tested for that match?
2: Just, I'd, I'd seen some Baltimore, of, of all the highlights and games I had seen Baltimore was one of them and I could just see their matchup and their strength I, you know I, I had actually thought that it would be a much closer score um, but for some reason we just didn't bother um, not quite sure we weren't on top performance that day maybe we weren't actually, running of,
0: <laughs> well that was the that was one of the things I was going to bring up was the, the game actually that preceded that um, where you just went to the, the desert at Arizona He's won 45, 29 but it was the 29 points that were scored by Arizona there. Arizona and Baltimore are two teams that like to run the ball. Is that maybe a, an area that teams can get to the 49ers? Is that somewhere that you're maybe a bit wary about when it comes to the matchup on Sunday?
3: Yeah, I mean, I, th- I think most teams to this point know how good our pass rush is. Um, there's maybe a little bit of a false... Um, narrative as to how good the D-line is generally. They're full of superstars and great pass rushers, but it's been clear that the numbers didn't show it because teams weren't running on us because they were behind for so much of the season, but Mm -hmm. they've been success to get there, and those two teams, you know, the the running game's been outside the tackles, and that's the part of the game that you were most worried about for most of the playoffs. That's where the Packers were able to get us, that's where the, the Lions were able to get us, and I guess that's what you worry about going into this weekend. But yeah, those two those two teams know exactly how to how to exploit that, and you were definitely worried about that vulnerability showing.
0: For all you might be vulnerable, Eric, you have some amount of uh, offensive weapons. Talk us through your your wide receivers that you you've got there: Ayuk, Debo, even like Juschet coming in, and George Cattle. Tell us, yeah, talk us that. We've, we've had that chat about CMC
1: yeah I mean it's not just about the, the wide receivers receiving the ball either right we have Debo Samuel who for last season was running lining up as a running back for some for some of the plays there's a lot of jet sweeps end rounds, et etc but it, when it comes to pure receiving Debo's no slouch you know a lot of catches over the middle as well or maybe short catches but lot adds a lot of yards after catch and that's a theme that kind of runs through the team they call themselves the yak bros or we call them the yak bros him and Ayuk and Kittle um and cmc because they're all really good after the catch and then we have obviously one of the best receiving tight ends in the league in george kittle and then i think i mentioned him on the on the last podcast here joan jennings who we called the third and joan because he just seems to come up with clutch catches every single week and he's the one that's really aggressive he's really aggressive blocking he blocked someone onto the bench against the packers uh, in the packers game and um uh, between the lot of them, between Debo, between Ayuk, Kittle, um, they all had over a thousand scrimmage yards. So fantastic weapons all around and yeah. Difficult for the defense to work out who they're gonna stop because then Pad will feed the ball to whoever's free and open, hopefully.
0: <laughs> um, what about your favorite moments of the season so far? Um, you can just go for the maybe the the regular season to start with then. Um, Wayne, I'll come to you first. What, what's been some of the, the highlights then for you? Would it have been the game that you attended then?
2: Yeah, for sure. I mean, that, that there was one play which was the um, IU catch from Brock Purdy. Um, he just it was an absolute launch and then he ran straight towards us, towards the end zone where we were sat. And yeah, it was the, the crowd just went wild. It was. Something else. It really was just amazing. It was it was huge. I mean, that, that just to act. You know, I've seen some deep balls on TV, but to actually witness a proper deep ball and and see it go for a touchdown afterwards—that was yeah, wow. that was day.
0: What about yourself, Craig? Highlights from the season?
3: I think it's the, the regular season. It's the Eagles game for me. Um I was pretty pumped up getting ready for that game and to just watch us just eviscerate a team and then the carcass that we've left behind for the rest of their season. I mean, I think that's been a nice little highlight watching them fall apart thereafter
1: as well. Eric? Yeah, I think the two mentioned, obviously we were there for the game, which is going to be hard to be top, but actually I also really like the Cowboys game. We, Mm -hmm. you know, everybody was talking about Dak and Dallas always says it's their year and they came along and were really humbled you know we scored 40 42 points against them 42 to 10. so always nice to to humble dallas um whenever we can it's a bit of a rivalry there right so that would be the other highlight um but yeah i think the two that wayne and craig mentioned probably top top that one but just to add something different
0: what about the the postseason then? So you played the you had the bye of course, um. So you got to play the Packers, um, and Santa Clara. Uh, it was a tight game. Uh, again, we mentioned on the podcast how the Packers were just playing with house money, and um, they had nothing to lose, so they could really just give it them all. Um, Craig, what did you make of that game and how your team responded to such a, a tight, tight game?
3: Yeah, I mean, I think in the aftermath, I've realised how how good a game it was. I mean, the, the back and forth nature of it was absolutely brilliant. I mean, my my heart rate sitting, unlike these guys at meetups, um, I'm sitting in the living room at four in the morning and my heart rate, look my watch, my heart rate's hitting at 130 beats a minute, I'm sitting sitting doing nothing. Um, I mean, the, the highlight, I mean, I think for the whole postseason, that highlight has been that. that Green pick off of Jordan Love, um, mm. the belief that that gave you. Um, Brock Purdy going down the field at the end of the game, and you know he's had a terrible game, and it's been the case for for both of the both of those two games you've mentioned in the playoffs that we've we've struggled a little bit, but he's come up clutch and put that drive together was perfect um, to to score the what was the winning touchdown in the end. What
0: about when the, the the matchup for the championship game against the, the Detroit Lions? I think, I think it's safe to say because of how plucky they've been and the the grit that Dan Campbell's talked about all season with the, the, the Lions and just the way that they've played and the way that they played on offense especially, everybody kind of had a wee soft spot for the Detroit Lions. We certainly did on the crew here. Yeah. Um, and you'd maybe gone up against the majority of the rest of the states and maybe people worldwide there in that one. Everybody knew how good the 49ers could be. (laughs) Did you really keep the faith um, at the end of the first half?
2: It was tough. We were at the the meet-up with Eric, um, and uh, yeah, it, it was tough. There were a lot of sad and blank faces around the bar. And I was trying to keep my spirits up, but at the same time, I had my camera with me and I was working, not working, um, yes. trying to take pictures of people enjoying themselves, which was very difficult because <laughs> it was just, um, but yeah, Jay was there and he was telling everyone, yeah, it's going to be fine. He, he was basically George Kittle on the night. I don't know if you've seen that clip. Where he- <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're going to have them. They had us in the first half. Yeah. Um, and, but yeah, Jay was telling everyone, "No, we have got this. We have got this. Keep keep the faith." Um, you know, it's never over until until it's over at the end of the day, um, till that final whistle. Um, but it was it was tough. But I I actually I mean the the euphoria of us taking the lead um, when we were at the box was was the, the the place just roared. I'm surprised we didn't have a knock on the door of the police saying, "Can you keep the noise down?" Um, <laughs> it was late. Um, but actually, for me, the adrenaline of the uh, of the, the end of the Green Bay game that was that was tough. Um, I for the first three quarters of the Green Bay game, I was just pretty much laid back on the sofa, just chilling out, what enjoying the game. <laughs> then, my wife went to bed, and for the I got up to grab some snacks, and for the last quarter, I was on my feet. And then at the end of the game, I was so pumped, I had to have a double espresso to calm down. I, <laughs> <laughs> I was. I, I was like uh, is, there, is there an ambulance coming by you know like my heart was like <laughs> so, and whilst uh, for the lions game I, I, it was a different it felt with the momentum swing we had and the lead we had towards the end it didn't feel so tense um and it was a game it certainly was a game of two halves with the lions um yeah uh, and it was the emotions went from one to the other whereas green bay was just like up down up down and it is the roller coaster that is NFL, um, uh, but in the end, we we saw it through, which was. Eric, do
0: you think that will stand you guys in good stead for the the matchup on Sunday? That you've had different tests to this team, where they've yeah. been ahead and comfortable, and had been pulled back, or they've been really really far behind, and people are writing them off, and managed to come back and mm-hmm. win the match.
1: Yeah, I think that it was important to get that monkey off our back around the comeback wins, you know. There, there was a stat around Kyle Shanahan hadn't won. He was 0-30 going into the fourth quarter more than five points down. So getting that off our back against the Packers was good. And we've shown most of the season we've played from ahead because we've we scored all those points at the start of the season. But we've also now shown we can come from behind. And I think the biggest thing was against the Lions, there was talks around half-time in the dressing room. There was absolutely no panic from anybody apparently Debo was sat there in the corner shaking saying just tell Carl to get me the ball you know and yeah the attitude never disappeared it was always just okay we're going to go and fix this and I think that's the the key thing right if you're playing against Mahomes and you fall behind it's very easy to panic but I think the last two games especially have showed us we, we don't need to panic if we play our game give the ball to our weapons feed the ball to CMC um we all will be alright in the end. And that's what I'm hoping for, obviously, on Sunday. So, um,
0: Sticking with you, Eric, what about your your Commander-in-Chief then, Kyle Shanahan? I uh, wonder yep. about him. Seven years he's been with the, the 49ers now. Yep. What has he done to
1: transform this team for you? Everything. <laughs> the years before he came in, we had some absolutely awful seasons. We had... Jim Tom Sula, who was an old line coach who became the head coach and we were absolutely dreadful we had Chip Kelly and we were absolutely dreadful I think we won two games one of the seasons and Shanahan came in together with John Lynch as the general manager and built the team from pretty much the ground up there's not many players that are around from the pre I don't think there's any uh from the pre Kyle and John era so they've built the whole team and they've done it through the draft and through free agency and through some trades they've really done all three parts if you look at the makeup of a team Debo and Ayuk were drafted Kittle was drafted Fred Warner was drafted we've signed mm-hmm. CMC through a trade Trent Williams was through a trade so the building blocks have come from all over and um it shows we we were in the last two championship games so that's three in a row now we lost the last two we won this one and we were in the Super Bowl in 2019 so we've had some really good years under kyle and john so you know you can't say any more than it's been absolutely fantastic i think any 49ers fan that lived through the years sort of after jim harbour in when we lost the super bowl in 2012 through to kyle and john taking over there were some really dark and bitter years which was when the legion and boom were riot on us every year so yeah i hope they stay for a long time to come they've, they've signed new long-term deals so i'm just hoping that they stay because um it's really nice to see player football every year and long may it continue just need to add a few just need to add the title to really top it off or or two i'll take one at this point <laughs> well it'd be good for him but of course he dad's the uh, mike shanahan
0: and it'd be good for him to to share that like, with what his dad has and he had great experience and learning under him um, and Wayne- Tell us about the what would be a, a, a Kyle Shanahan team. What would it? What would you identify it from? What does it look like? What does it feel like to watch them?
2: Most of the time, it feels like they're playing as a team, and I think Carl is a great leader. He he's not. He, I don't see him as somebody who barks orders um, and you know, my way or the highway. He mm-hmm. coaches them as a team and that, and it's evident from the players, they, they G each other on, you know, they've they got got this together, they're in it together. And when one of those members of the team isn't there, the, the team almost starts falling apart because they're reliant on each other. And, you know, each, each guy's got his own guy that he leans on. And, and when he's not there, it's, mm-hmm. that they're they're playing with this new guy who's, you know, he's part of the team, but he's not, He's not the man, um, and I, I think that yeah, the the Kyle Shanahan ethos of you know, his leadership is, is brilliant. Um, you know, and he's trained up some other really good coaches as well. That's you know, uh, that's that's scary because the, they're out there
0: playing us. <laughs> well, yeah. So, D'Amico Ryan is one of them. Um, yeah. I was glad to see him guys
1: you have a whole you have a whole tree of coaches that used to coach with Kyle so you have Sean McVay was one of Kyle's former coaches you have Mike McDaniel Le Fleur Fleur. you have um a whole bunch of them Demiko Ryans obviously you mentioned and um and Salah for the Jets so they talk about these coaches that build kind of trees don't you and it's the the style is very much of similar to Mike Shanahan it, based on the run game, complex running schemes, et cetera, uh, sort of West Coast style. But um, it's quite telling that the other teams are trying to hire coaches of a similar background and similar philosophy because they can obviously see what we're doing is is working. We just again, just need to get over that hump of adding a title.
0: I suppose that that's one way of getting some of the the draft compensation back from your, your trades to get um, CMC is... Um whenever you have your coaches um, plucked from your, your squad there. Craig, um, I'm going to come to you. I was going to ask about um, Wayne mentioned there just the, the, the team and how everybody works together there. I think we saw it earlier on in the season. I can't remember what the play was, but it was maybe Debo made an incredible block for someone um, just to, to, to get the, the run in. I can't remember off the top of my head, but I know what he, what he means whenever he says that everybody's working together. and. George Pickens is the one that comes to mind who, who wouldn't do that for his teammates because he was worried about getting himself injured. Debo's not been feeling too good. He's, he's been a bit busted up, but he is ready and ready to go this weekend. Is it that team ethos and that team spirit that's going to get you guys over the line this Sunday?
3: Yeah, I think there's something to be said about how the team's been built and, and what not just the characters that they've gone out to to draft or acquire but the the team is made up predominantly of overachievers i mean you've Mm. got guys like kettle um that is fifth round draft pick and there there's only one first round draft pick that the 49ers have actually made themselves that's on the roster and that's brandon Ayuk. and like you say when you see anybody in the run game or even after the catch i mean not only are these guys it's not just their agility that's causing the, the yards after the catch it's the ability and the focus for the other players making those blocks i mean brandon iuk's become an absolute monster um in the in the run game and you would never have really thought that somebody like that would have the transition that way but everybody gets involved and I think the leadership from somebody like George Kittle that constantly speaks about how he's more than happy run blocking uh, more so than he is even catching the ball and his yeah. passion drives drives so much of that.
0: It's that selfless attitude that really is going to make it for this team, isn't it? Right, um, I want to talk to you guys now about your your difference makers. Who are the, the ones that we've spoken a lot about the, the offence there? Um, some incredible players there. Talk me through the, the defence. Um, anyone want to, to take a, a shot at this? Who are the, the the real leaders there? Who are the ones that are actually going to... You've talked about your um, your blitzing and your rushing there against the the quarterbacks of the opposite team. Who's really going to make the, the difference with that and also for your defence there? Um, Eric, do you want to start us off on this? Okay
1: yeah I think it starts with with Fred Warner um Fred Warner's our a cap, one of the captains he's yeah. our the leader of our defense he's the organizer he's an absolute monster he is seems to cover every blade of grass on the field he can run in coverage he can blitz he can stop the run he's everywhere so it starts with him but obviously he's one of his linebacker partners Greenlaw was the one who got the headlines against the Packers with a couple of interceptions so yeah. It's not just Warner on his own back there. He is the the leader of the defense, but I think we have the, the two best lineback well, the best linebacker pairing in the league, in my opinion. I'm very biased, obviously, but the two of them you'd have to look pretty hard to find a, a better pair of linebackers in the league. So it starts with them, I think. Um, obviously, also the the D line is important, but I'm let, let one of the others talk a bit more about the D line.
0: Go for it, Wayne. Talk us
2: I mean, yeah, Fred, he's somehow on the left-hand side of the field and on the right-hand side of the field. You know, he, he is everywhere all at once. He's just wherever he needs to be. But he takes people with him as well. You know, oh, Fred's running that way. I'll run that way too. Um, he's, he's amazing. But it is more than just Fred. But, you know, like you said, it's just, he is the core of, you know, he's the captain, as Eric said, and he, he brings everyone together. Um, you know, we've got some, it's a strong, you know, it's a strong team there. Um, I think Fred, Eric, um, Eric, sorry, not Eric, uh, stands out. Um, yeah, we, he's been out for a while, um, but back now and he's, he, he's, he's a monster. Um, I've not been that impressed with Chase Young since he's come across. Um, Mm -hmm. he, I would, I was expecting a bit more from that. Um, and um, I mean Mooney Ward, he's he's great, you know. He he's had a couple of bad games, and you know a couple of I would say unnecessary penalties. He gets a little bit choppy, but n- nothing compared to Dre anyway. I um, mean he's, <laughs> but um, yeah, there's a there's a lot of great players on that on that defense. Um, but Fred's Fred's my number one.
0: Okay, I'm going to ask you guys then for your your players that are actually going to, as we say, make a difference. Who's going to crush it on offense, on defense, and your special teams as well? So, Craig, I'll start with you. Who is going to absolutely crush it for your team on defense in
3: this weekend? On defense, um, I think it's one of those difference makers that Wayne's mentioned. Um, that just, but just towards the end, I mean, Mooney Ward, that talk about a difference from where we were. In this matchup, the last time, um, mm-hmm. he's he's played the other side now, um, but yeah. the the ability that he has to take away the number one threat, um, and for for the difference that they are that, that, that the Chiefs are, we'll say the name, um, the the ability to take away one um, of of their receivers and whoever that's going to be on the night, um, whether he potentially even, he's, he's a big enough corner to potentially even come inside and try and cover Kelsey on third down. So I yeah. think there's the ability that, depending on how how bold they want to go defensively, I think you can see that he could have a big game and certainly will be a big part of keeping, keeping Holmes back there so that the defence and that
1: pass rush can get home.
0: Eric, what about on offence then?
1: I think um we've spoken enough, but I think it's gonna come down to Brock Purdy now. Brock Purdy's gonna lead the team. Obviously McCaffrey is the main the main man. Um we're gonna try and run the ball, hopefully. The Chiefs haven't been amazing against the run. But ultimately in the last couple of games, Brock Purdy's had to put the team on his back and have a couple of um well he had the clinching drive against the Packers and then he had a, a clinching third quarter against the Lions. Yeah. So It'll come down to Brock Purdy. Can he handle the occasion? Everything that he's done so far suggests that he can. And it'd be absolutely amazing, obviously, to see Mr. Irrelevant become a Super Bowl champion and the Super Bowl MVP. So that's what I'm hoping for.
0: What story that would be? Um, they're fabulous story writers at the NFL, but that, that one would be absolutely <laughs> top-notch. I did actually want to ask <clears throat> a question about Brock Purdy with him being on such a, a cheap deal just now because he drafted them so late on. Yeah, with so many of the, the the team being like the highest earners in the league in their positions, does this team kind of have to win on Sunday? Do you guys kind of have more to prove than the Chiefs?
1: No, I think we we have we had um, obviously we we need to win. We need to get revenge. We need to yeah. capitalize on some of these players having their top years: the Bowser, the Warner, the Kittle. But actually, yeah. we we had $40 million in cap space that we saved, which next season, actually, we're pretty much covered. We need to extend our Yuke in the summer, mm-hmm. um, potentially bolster the D-line if Chase Young doesn't stay on, for example. But this team is here for the next couple of years. The core is there. We've paid pretty much everyone that needs paying except for our Yuke And Purdy has a couple of more years on this cheap deal. So it's not a make or break. It's not like the Rams a few years ago where they went all in on one year. Yeah. We we have the ability to stay around for a few more years yet with the with the core of the squad there and um, not looking too bad on on cap space.
0: Uh, Wayne, tell me about uh, Jake Moody. Um, with the the games so often being decided by the the kickers, do you have complete faith in this man that he'll not make it go wide right? Is the the Chiefs will be desperate for another one like that? Do you have utter confidence in this guy?
2: So much confidence that actually I didn't pick him as my standout player because I think he's just got it anyway. I think Mitch is my standout player for special teams. Um, yeah, you. he's CMC in disguise. If you put that ball in his hands, he can, he can run 40 yards. I you know, it got called back, but you know, um, yeah, I mean, Jake, he's solid. You know, he's missed a couple of kicks. He's got, he set a record recently for, uh, is it consecutive uh, PATs or, or mm-hmm. uh, I can't remember. Um, and everyone's slating him, but I mean, he's still a rookie at the end of the day. Um, yeah. and you know, I don't think many other rookies have done what he's done. Um, and he's come for some unfair criticism. And if he misses a kick, then so be it. I wouldn't put it on him. This is this, it's a team game, you know. If he, if he misses the end field goal or the end, whatever it is, and that costs us the game, it's not Jake's fault. At the end of the day,
0: fantastic guys. This has been great. We're winding up to, to towards the end now, but. Let's really focus then on on Sunday's game. I'm looking for your your predictions. In Eric, I think you you've told us your star player for Sunday is it is it going to be
1: Brock Purdy for you? It's going to be Brock Purdy. Yeah, he's yeah. gonna have a duel with Mahomes, and he's gonna come out on top. That's what I'm really hoping for. Amazing, Craig. What about yourself? Um, I I think we need we
3: need something early in the well, not necessarily early, but something in the first half to to spark. The defense to believe that we've we've properly got the, the ability to do it i think we could see a, a fred warner pick six first half and mm-hmm. um, to to really flip the momentum and and get us get us on that front foot
0: what'd well, be yourself wayne
2: uh brock purdy for mvp because he throws the game winning touchdown i mean amazing
0: um, what about um are you brave enough to give me our score predictions then
2: uh, I'll, I'll give you a boldy as well. Ooh, the 49ers' it. first punt return of the season.
0: <laughs> oh, wow. What a place to do it. What a place to do it. Um, what about um,
2: a score for you then? Uh, same as last week, actually. I, I I was thrashing around lots of like this and butts, and I settled on a score, 31-34, which was um, the actual score of last week. My prediction last week was 34-21. Um, right. for us but um I, I can't see us holding the chiefs down to a, a low number um mm. and i think it, i've always said it's going to be a close game so
0: well, last year was pretty pretty spectacular so you've got a lot to live up to this year um, eric what about yourself
1: you got a score prediction then 30, 35 17 49ers that's what i'm going for i think we go out early uh, in the first half and then we keep the foot on the gas. We won't do what we did in the last Super Bowl, which is throw away a ten point lead in the fourth quarter. And I think we win thirty five
2: seventeen.
0: Amazing. Amazing.
2: Wow. Sounds like wow. we're gonna wow. be smoking on their offense as well.
3: <laughs> what what a night that's gonna be. Craig, what about yourself? What are you going for? Um, I hope we revisit that ten point lead um as the clock hits zero. Um I wanted <laughs> to see 31-21. Um yeah I, not much more to be said to it. I don't want this game to be close. Um, I don't think we can we can handle that. I hope that that's a I hope that's a late twenty-one.
0: <laughs> the guys have told us we're Wayne and Eric. They're meeting up, and you're
1: going to Eric. Where is he? You're going to again? We're going to the Ellen Road Pavilion in Leeds. So this is a a meet up organized by the team by the 49ers. Mm-hmm so they've got a bunch of giveaways they've got um some food and drink American sports bar kind of style um tickets are 10 pounds if you want to come along but that does give you your first beer and um some dirty fries I think so there's still tickets available so if anyone wants to make it there's going to be a few hundred of us there by all accounts and it's yeah at the pavilion next to Ellen Road it's called Ellen Road Pavilion that sounds amazing. And
0: am I right in saying that 49ers and Leeds have they've got a
1: with the, the owners? Is that right? Same owners, yeah. It's the same yeah, group yeah. that own the two teams, yeah. So that's why everything's organised. And the other thing around that is that most Super Bowl venues in London, by the time we knew that we were going to make the Super Bowl, all those venues are filled up. So it makes a lot of sense to host it at Leeds United, which would be great.
0: Good, good. Nice central location. Wayne, you'll be there with the, the camera um, yep. Doing your reportage.
2: Yeah, I shall be strutting my stuff, making sure everyone's posing and smiling.
0: Fantastic, fantastic. I'm looking forward to, to seeing your photos. Craig, what about yourself and the Tigers, Glasgow Tigers, what are you guys doing?
3: Yeah, I'll be with the Tigers. Um, we've got a Super Bowl party at campus in Glasgow, so right I'll be there Sunday night. Um Yeah lone 49ers fan, it was a painful one a few years ago, hopefully make a (laughs) a few more positive memories this time Fantastic, I've always wondered do you and the East Kilbride
0: Pirates all get on or is it like you get half of the venue they've got the other half?
3: (laughs) This is the first one, it'll be interesting, Uh, this is the first time that we've been sharing (laughs) with them, Um, last few years we've had a different sponsor um, and they've they've been at campus previously, and we're in the early conversations. I mean, we're all friends off the field. There's a lot of crossover between the teams, uh, so Perfect. hopefully it's friendly. <laughs> Um, myself and the crew we
0: will be doing a live show from committee rooms number nine which is just off of george square in glasgow it's a great venue watch a few red zones in there so really looking forward you, to can't, that. you can't you
1: can't skip ahead mate you, we need a prediction from you star player and and prediction for the score <laughs> as a seahawks fan and keep in well, mind now your boy your boy is a fan so
0: what, what do you, you reckon? Know, that that's 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 the man i'm going for that's the star player um i I've got to say, since the, I've started getting into the the American football. My son has as well. And one of the first players that he, he really took a shine to was McCaffrey when he was uh, at the Panthers. And that was one of his first teams that he liked. Didn't get any uh, of the gear for them. We couldn't get anything, but the one thing that he really, really wanted was a McCaffrey top. So he managed to get one of them um, for his Christmas. So he's absolutely over the moon with that. I'm surprised I've managed to peel it off him because it's been on most days since he's had it. Um, so need to get a good wee wee steamed down, and clean before the game on Sunday night. I think McCaffrey will be your difference maker. He'll be the the one that will break the line. Uh, I can see him just do, doing the business. I think it'll be a tight one. I can see it being high scoring as well. I'm going to go 34-31. I think it will be that 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 tight um, a game. And if it is, for just the, for me as a, a regular watcher and with no skin in the game, um, I think it's just going to be absolutely tremendous. And I think it will be the, the 49ers that's going to do it, which will make someone in my household very, very happy.
2: Okay. And the three of us. <laughs> uh, I I can is make someone in your household very happy as well. Um this is just a sample of what the uh the football. Oh, it's not gonna show up very not well. You know is, was giving these away at Leeds. Um wow. it's an, an iron on patch. Um there was a big tub of them by the front door and I grabbed some on the way out. Um so a lot of them that I've got here are spoken for, for other members, but if you send me your um details, I'll post Amazing. them your ah, can stick on your shirt.
0: I appreciate that. Oh, the little man would absolutely love that. Oh, right. fantastic! Thanks very much. Appreciate that, yeah, guys. Really. Well, that's us. Came to the the end. Um, I was going to ask for something wild that's going to happen during the game, but I think the first punt to turn of the season would be would be absolutely ridiculous. And the excitement, and the energy that would come from that would be absolutely wild. Eric, uh, Craig, anything that you could do to to top that?
1: Well, Craig's already called a pick six from <laughs> from Fred Warner. <laughs> that's Fred Warner. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with uh, a a Bosa strip sack on Mahomes. I think that might we've got a little chance there. I think Bosa might get to him at some stage, and my hopes might not hold on to the ball. No,
2: and a recovery to go with it.
1: Yes. (laughs) Don't be greedy, now. Don't be greedy. What about
0: Usher? (laughs) Are you looking forward to Usher at halftime? Absolutely not.
2: no, Not at all.
0: No. No,
2: okay, that's fair I, enough. That's fair Hopefully enough. they'll be showing the adverts. Um I'll be at the and bar. Like, <laughs> and then I can take my lead, charge exactly. the camera batteries, and uh, come back for a second half. I mean if it was 2020, I'd be all over that. That 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 that, that, that was a good year for, for half time.
0: Ah, looking forward to it. Um terrific. Guys, thank you very much for for joining us. Um Eric and Wayne from the UK 49ers... Uh, faithful what was it 49ers faithful UK thanks very much for joining us guys I hope you have a a terrific um, event on Sunday night I hope you have a great night as well Um, maybe some of you will be smiling at the the end of it as well so very best of luck with that Um, Craig thank you very much for for joining us tonight from the Glasgow Tigers we the crew will certainly be getting involved with the Tigers and coming to see some games throughout the the season you and pre-season just now is that right yeah, yeah. Games kicking off from April. Fantastic. Um and what forgot to ask, what position is it you play yourself?
3: Um, not playing any longer. Um was was a long time um playing at Playing tackle, uh, which is why why I've got seventy four on Joe Staley uh, was the nice. was the man for me uh, when I was playing. So um, I played right tackle predominantly, um, and then later mm-hmm. years when I couldn't take the line crunching, moved out to tight end for a little bit. But um, yeah, I've hung them up long ago. <laughs> Fantastic. Um, All that's left for me to say then is thank you very much for
0: watching. Thank you very much for listening and downloading the podcast. If you could take the time to like and subscribe, that would be very much appreciated by myself and the crew. We are not finished. Tomorrow night, Friday night, we have the preview crew um, with Dan. We've got a couple of special guests, hopefully, lined up for that one. We'll be back then on Sunday evening. I think we're going to try and do our live show around about 6 o'clock from committee room number 9 um, and then we will be just settling down and enjoying the Super Bowl hopefully we'll have lots of um, great footage from the guys that we'll be meeting up there with, and look out for that on our socials we'll be back with a couple of review crews next week as well so the, the crew will see you through, don't worry about that guys thanks very much for joining us and everybody that's, that's going there make sure you enjoy your Super Bowl parties and And tag the crew in. We'd love to find out what you're up to and where you're watching it. All the best. Thanks very much.
2: Bye. Bang, bang, on again.